0: So before I read the epistle this morning and and get into the message, um, I just wanted to share something with you because it was such a joy for my family and I. Uh, This, uh, yesterday, as Christmas angels and the live nativity and everything were going on here, um, we got to watch my son, Christian, walk across the uh, platform At Stephen F. Austin University after five very long years um, he graduated and uh, most of my family, much of my family was there to watch him and Angela and I did very well with the whole thing until after it was over uh, Christian had a stole on, about this color uh, as you can imagine and um, he came up, and he hugged me, and he took it off of his neck, and he put it on mine. And at that point, Angela and I pretty much lost it. Um, but it was, it was a proud moment to watch him graduate, and uh, I just wanted to share that with you because you are my countryside family and my joy. Uh, I just want to share with you. Um, thank you. Thank you. You know, uh, there, there are a lot of people who gra- graduated magna cum laude and cum laude. Christian graduated, thank the laude. Um, but uh, it, it still counts, so we're very proud of it. Uh, the message and the epistle go hand in hand, so we will treat them one and the same. Uh, the premise here is that introductions are important. Introductions are important. Paul's letter to the Romans, uh, which I'm about to read the beginning of as our epistle, uh, begins like most letters, with a salutation, with an introduction in which Paul establishes not only who he is, but he also establishes by whose authority he is writing to the church in Rome. And so the epistle starts like this. He says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, the gospel concerning his son, who was descended from David according to the flesh, and was declared to be son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. "...Jesus Christ our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles for the sake of his name, including yourselves, who are called to belong to Jesus Christ, to all God's beloved in Rome and Splendora, who are called to be saints." grace to you, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. See, introductions are important. A good introduction opens doors, lends credibility, establishes common ground from which a relationship can develop. Introductions help us to know who a person is, and from where they come, and what their intentions might be toward us, introductions are important. Have you ever done a resume? Introductions are like references in a resume. We include references and letters of introduction when we apply for a job so that the people who are considering us will know who we are, where we come from, what our experience is, and who and what we represent in terms of qualifications and character. Paul's introduction in the opening salutation of his letter to the Romans tells us a lot about who he is and who he represents. He says, My name is Paul. And I am a devoted servant of Jesus Christ. And I am on assignment. I am authorized as an apostle to proclaim God's words and actions. And I write this letter to all the believers in Rome and everywhere who are considered God's friends. And then he says, the sacred writings contain these preliminary reports by the prophets on God's Son. How he descended from David, and that establishes him as somebody in history. He says he he has a unique identity as the Son of God. And that was shown by the power of the Holy Spirit when Jesus was raised from the dead, setting Him apart as Messiah, as our Master, as the one to be worshipped. And through Him we receive both this generous gift of life, Paul is saying, and this urgent task that we all have of passing it on to others who receive it when they enter into that same trusting relationship with Jesus that we have as believers. Introductions are important. Matthew, in the gospel lesson this morning, makes an introduction to Jesus going all the way back to his birth. And it's quite an introduction. He says, The birth of Jesus took place like this. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. And before they came together in marriage, in the marriage bed, Joseph discovered that Mary was already pregnant. And it was by the Holy Spirit, but Joseph didn't know that at the time. And so Joseph, being a man of character... Knew that he would not make Mary his wife, but he didn't want to disgrace her at the same time. So he tried to work out, to figure out how he could take care of this situation quietly so that Mary would not be disgraced. That's a pretty good guy, isn't it? That, that would be the kind of character you would expect of a man chosen by God to be the earthly father of his own son. If you were going to choose anyone, it would be someone like Joseph. And so while Joseph was trying to figure a way out, he had a dream. And in that dream, God's angel spoke to him and he said, Joseph, son of David, reminding him who he was. Joseph, son of David, don't hesitate to get married to Mary. Her pregnancy is spirit-conceived. God's Holy Spirit has caused this to happen. And what's more, Joseph, the angel, says, She will bring a son to birth, and when she does, you, Joseph, you get to name him. Naming is important. You will name him Jesus, which means God saves, because he will be the one to save his people. And he goes on and tells him, this is the fulfillment of prophecy. Remember when you read in, in the works of the prophets these words? Watch for this. A virgin will get pregnant and bear a son. They will name him Emmanuel, which is Hebrew meaning God with us. And so Joseph wakes up and he remembers his dream and he does exactly what God's angel commanded and he married Mary. And he also did what he was instructed and he didn't consummate his marriage with Mary until after she had born her son. And he named the baby Jesus. See, Matthew's introduction of Jesus establishes some key things here. Some key things about this person, Jesus. It establishes that he was born into the house of David. That's an important point because prophecy says that the Messiah would come through the Davidic lineage, the house of David. And it also establishes that Jesus was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit born of a virgin. Jesus was born of a woman in fulfillment of prophecy. And this is important because it establishes him as completely human in every respect. But he was conceived by the Holy Spirit supernaturally, which means that at the same time as being fully human, he was also fully divine as well. And then lastly, Matthew's introduction establishes that the very name Jesus was God-ordained. Mary didn't look through the book of Hebrew names and pick a name. No, this was instructed by God. His name should be Jesus. Joseph was instructed to name him Jesus because that, translated out of Hebrew, means God saves. And he would come to be known as Scripture says that his name shall be called Emmanuel. God with us. Fulfillment of prophecy to make it clear that he was indeed the incarnate deity. The embodiment of the word, the fullness of the Godhead bodily. See, introductions are important. This whole season of Advent that we're in is an introduction. <coughs> introductions prepare us to receive what is to come. Jesus' introduction in Matthew and then Paul's introduction as one representing the authority of Jesus in Romans, both of us give us every reason we need to receive Jesus as Messiah. The fulfillment of prophecy, the pedigree of Jesus' lineage, the supernatural conception, the annunciation by the angels. What more do we need, I wonder, to receive Him as Lord. See, when I was a child, we used to get these Advent calendars. Have you seen these? Truly you have. Advent calendars. You, you have the doors that you open, one each day beginning on December 1, and you do that every day until Christmas Day. And each door has behind it a little piece of chocolate. And with every sweet bit of chocolate, you knew that you were one day closer to the biggest door on the calendar, which meant not only a big piece of chocolate, but more importantly, it meant that Christmas Day had arrived. And the joy in the calendar for me was this sense of excitement and expectation as that big day drew nearer and nearer. Every daily door opened was a new discovery, and the big reveal on Christmas Day was all the more joyous because of the expectation that was built up each day along the way. Do you follow me? Have you you seen these calendars? I don't know if they still make them. The advent of our Lord and Savior should be like that. Each day during this Advent season, we should open a little door in our hearts and our minds and receive into our spirit a little sweet morsel of understanding, a little more scripture, a little more hope, a little more love, a little more joy, a little more peace each day until the day finally comes and Jesus Christ is here among us. God is with us. Emmanuel arrives on the scene and the glory of our Lord is revealed to us like opening the last door of the Advent calendar on Christmas Day. Oh, that Christmas would be like that to each of us this year. I pray that for you today. I pray that you would be filled with that same awe and expectation and that you would be fully prepared to receive that Savior that was introduced to you and to the world so many years ago. And that as you open your hearts, To receive him. You would begin this preparation for his second advent. His second coming. With the same urgency. With the same sense of expectation. With the same hope and the same joy that you felt as a child as Christmas day approached. Can you feel that this morning? Do you remember that this morning? Oh, that we would never forget it. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.